Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 88 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading James chapter 1 today, and our focus is on widows, orphans, and holiness, where liberal and conservative churches can miss what the Bible says. Thanks for joining us. We dig in every episode to one chapter of the Bible a day and try to stick to around 10 minutes or so. Welcome to new listeners in Harare and Manicaland, Zimbabwe, County Kerry, Ireland, Maharashtra, India, Birmingham, Alabama, my home sweet home, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I do want to encourage you to check out the website, Bible2021.com, and to share the show with your friends and neighbors. Now, James is a book we're starting today. It's absolutely chock full of wisdom, basically the New Testament version of the book of Psalms. First chapter of James reads a little bit less like a letter or a treatise on a few subjects and more like just a series of wisdom statements and commands that are kind of narrowly connected with each one packing a big punch of its own. Now for a 10 minute or so podcast, I think there could be well over two dozen topics to choose from in this one little chapter. We could talk about controlling our tongue, or doing the Word of God and not just hearing it. We could talk about how to acquire wisdom, or the blessing of going through trials, or how we shouldn't be surprised by fiery trials, or the problem with doubting and being double-minded, the danger of riches, or how God doesn't tempt anyone, or, or, or. It's a very small list of the topics covered in this chapter. But for today's episode, our focus is on the very last topic that James covers, pure religion and what it looks like. Well, let's read James 1 and you pick up on the definition of pure religion that James offers for us. James chapter 1, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind." That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. Let the brother of humble circumstances boast in his exaltation, but let the rich boast in his humiliation, because he will pass away like a flower of the field. For the sun rises, and together with the scorching wind dries up the grass, its flower flaws off, and its beautiful appearance perishes. In the same way, the rich person will wither away while pursuing his activities." Blessed is the one who endures trials, because when he had stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. No one undergoing a trial should say, I'm being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent... 
humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless, and he deceives himself. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So many commentators have seen kind of a strong conflict or difference between James and Paul. I don't see the conflict, but I do certainly see different emphases from both guys. Paul emphasizes salvation by faith and James emphasizes the doing of good works as a product of faith. Neither one contradicts the other because James talks a good bit about faith and Paul also encourages good works. And in today's chapter, we find a very interesting ending, which will serve as our verse of the day. Verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So what does James mean by the use of the word religion there? Well, the Bible's use of this word, thraskia, which is the Greek word, it doesn't exactly match up with our modern usage of the word. I could think of some better translations. I don't know, better. Uh, but I, I think maybe the the best way to translate that word is God-fearing. It, it has an element of worship in it, but it seems to have its root in meaning something like God-fearing. Most modern people, when they hear the word of religion, they think of all the religions of the world, but that's not what James is talking about here. He is talking about how to fear and worship God. That said, we see two elements in our verse of the day, and I find that the purest expression of God-fearing must embrace both sides of what James is saying here, or trouble will quickly come. I can think of many liberal denominations and churches who are doing great works of compassion in helping people. They have a heart for widows and orphans and for those suffering, and their focus is on serving and helping them. Wonderful! A most commended biblical activity. As followers of Jesus, we must, not an option, be about the business of giving and to and serving the least of these, or we will not go to heaven. Now, if you think that's a heretical statement or denying salvation by grace alone through faith alone, then I will note that this is the clear teaching of Jesus in Matthew 25, 31 through 46. A saved follower of Jesus will not be saved by ministering to the least of these, like widows and orphans, but they are not saved, says Jesus, if they don't minister to the least of these, like widows and orphans. A person saved by Jesus, according to Jesus and Paul and James, will do good works like serving and giving to the least of these. But some churches and denominations sort of stop there in terms of James 1.27. They look after the orphans and widows, which is commendable and wonderful and commanded, but they don't prioritize being unstained from the world, aka holiness, which is a deadly danger. Think about these passages, Hebrews 12.14, pursue peace with everyone and holiness without it, holiness, no one will see the Lord. Or 2 Corinthians 7.1, Dear friends, since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every impurity of the flesh and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. 
Or how about Romans 12 too? Don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So what is holiness or being unstained by the world? I think pretty simply it's obeying God's commands, God's word. When we deviate from that in any way, we are following the ways of the world, which puts our soul in grave danger. Now, Paul puts this in the starkest but also clearest way possible in 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11. through He writes, Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Don't be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, or males who have sex with males. No thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. And some of you used to be like this, says Paul, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Well, I kind of see 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11 through as the expanded version of Hebrews 12, 14. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Without repenting of these worldly acts and deeds, no one will see the Lord. And some liberal churches and denominations would struggle with this part of James's definition of pure and undefiled religion. They don't worry so much about keeping themselves unstained by the world. On the other hand, we have conservative churches who might pride themselves on keeping, quote, the whole word of God. They might think, hey, we're not like those liberals who ignore parts of the Bible. We call a sin a sin and don't try to justify what the Bible calls sinful. We don't want to be stained by the world. Well, in a sense, it's good to embrace that last part of James 1.27. It's one half of pure and undefiled religion and embracing one half of something important while ignoring the other half will get you an F on a test and gives you or I no license to look down on somebody else. Many conservative churches and denominations strive to emphasize holiness and being unstained, but they do not strive to care for the least of these, the poor and the orphan and the widow. They might give lip service to it, but James is going to show us over the next few chapters how dangerous and ungodly it is to merely give lip service to God's commands to take care of those in need and not actually do follow those commands. Pure and undefiled God-fearing, the kind of worship in Christianity that God calls us to, will strive to walk in the holiness that the Word of God calls us to, and will genuinely and sacrificially look after widows and orphans and those who have needs. Holiness and compassion go hand in hand and are two sides of the same coin of God-fearing, and what God has joined together, let no one separate. Well, let's close with our verse for the month of March, Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. Amen. Well, friends, may the Lord bless you and give you a wonderful week. Good day to you and Godspeed.